Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Day or night, summer or winter, he's the sound of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Three minutes past nine. Good morning, world. Welcome to Mornings with Ian Smith. Well, not today. Smithy's off. Stephen McIver in the seat in what promises to be a busy morning. Hey, look, we're going to give you the chance to win a couple of books before midday. That's right. Giveaway Friday, we might call it. Uh, we've got the Steve Hansen, The Legacy Book by Gregor Paul and Bodie, written by our very own Ricky Swinnell. And here's the simple way that you can win both those books. One prize package. All you do is go to call us. That's right. Call us and talk to us about anything we are doing today. 0800-150811. If you want to win those books, have a listen to what we're talking about. If you've got a thought, an opinion, just call us and you go on the draw before midday to win both those books. In fact, it's a bit of a giveaway Friday because I think we've got the old temper pillow to give away as well for our text of the month. So there's a lot to look forward to, but we're we're just doubling down today. 0800-150811. Give us your opinion or thoughts on anything we are talking about in the next three hours. Be, look, be part of the show. Be a winner today. Now, coming shortly on SENZ at an exclusive, Penrith Panthers coach Ivan Cleary hasn't spoken to any media since grand final day. Well, today he does, just for you only on SENZ. Olympic gold medalist Emma Twigg has been added to the New Zealand Olympics Athletes Commission this week. At around 9.30, Emma will let us know what she intends to achieve by being on that commission. After 10, Aotearoa men's netball captain Cruz Tangira joins us to talk about the just-completed series against the Silver Ferns and the pain of not being able to play in it and his journey in netball too because I tell you what, he is such a cool cat and his story is a good one as well working against the system so to speak. The panel today is TVNZ's Kimberly Downs and Sky Television's Jeff McTank. We've got some very cool subjects to talk about and, and you might want to jump in on that as well a little bit later on. After 11 o'clock we talk to one of the best thinkers in sports television. That is Sir Ian Taylor. We're going to start talking about how he convinced the government to go with his private MIQ trial, but also move on to working with the biggest players in sports television globally. And I mean the big dogs like Fox Sports in LA, and they are, they are global giants. He does all of this from Dunedin, but he wants to go and see them. So we'll talk about that. We'll have our regular racing updates with Louis and uh, Michael Guerin. So lock it in for a Friday morning. And remember, if you want to win the Steve Hansen and Bodie Barrett books, make sure you are a part of the show by calling in. Only way you're going to win is by calling in on 0800 150 Coming next on SNZ, Ivan Cleary. So here we go, SENZ's Mornings with Smithy without Smithy, Stephen McIver in the seat till midday, and so great to be uh, a part of your day, wherever that day might be happening in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Ivan Cleary 
has been to a grand final on three occasions. Once with the Warriors in 2011, I remember it well, had the had the honour of calling the grand final that year when they had all three teams in the competition. The only team that won was Stacey Jones' Toyota Cup team and the juniors. The New South Wales Cup team just missed out and then, well, Ivan's team in 2011 just got beaten in a half-time try that should never have been allowed, but we won't talk about that. Then he goes to Penrith, finally after the Tigers, Penrith back and forth, back and forth, and gets done last year. But a different story in 2021. Got beaten in the first week, remember, of the finals. They had to do it the hard way. They were busted. But finally, they get the win against the South Sydney Rabbitohs in one of the best and closest finals in a long, long time. And Ivan joins us now. Hey, Ivan, thanks for giving us your time, mate. Uh, let's, Let's go here first. How satisfying is that first premiership win as a coach? Yeah, it's definitely satisfying. There's a lot of emotions, a lot of uh, it's hard to put into words. Um, I guess if I, uh, if I get back to my first grand final with the Warriors, it was um, a similar thing where we started started that uh, journey as a as a rebuild. Uh, six years later, we got to the grand final, uh, but unfortunately, couldn't get the. I uh, couldn't get the win on the day. Uh, we had three grades in that grand final. That was an amazing day. Um, then I went to Penrith, and uh, again, it was very much a rebuild right from the start. Of, yeah, it was pretty grim, grim times early on, but to be able to leave and then come back and, and uh, whatever it is, nine years later, uh, to win a championship you know, with, with that club, I like, sort of go from the, with, you know, the, you know what, to the penthouse, uh, it's pretty cool. You're not one to talk about yourself a lot. You would rather deflect all the the praise to your team. But surely that moment when that final whistle went, I mean, were there tears? Were there tears? Yeah, well, there was when I got um, out onto the ground. Uh, uh, when you get on the field, it was um, a very surreal experience. And it was tears when I, when, yeah, when I... Uh, Saw Nathan. That was um, yeah. That's hard to explain. I still can't explain how that felt. And, uh, um, yeah, it's just just one of those awesome moments in your life. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you and then you hand him the Clive Churchill medal, which 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 is even more sur- <laughs> even more surreal, right? I mean, that's almost like the the best dad son moment ever. Yeah, you just can't. You can't even think of writing those scripts. Uh, it, it was. I, I mean, I didn't even know. It was. It was. You know, it was only just by faith that. Um, you know, I even handed that you know, the medal over um, because normally Clive Churchill's um, widow presents that medal, but you know, because it was in Queensland, she was a bit of an in Sydney. I guess someone had to do it. So um, <laughs> the coach gets the job, and yeah, for for Nat to get that was just um, yeah. I honestly that that was which that was like being in a dream. It was so good. I'd like to talk about Nathan just for a moment because I remember you talking to me a long, long time ago and the little tacker was playing AFL for a while. He had some interest in that in that code, right? Yeah, well, he, he, um, he played as kind of as many sports as he could, which I encouraged. I think that's a, you know, I think it's a really good, good thing for kids if they're into sport uh, to play as many sports as they can for as long as they can. And I, you know, I don't believe in specialising too early, for sure. Um yeah, so he, he played a whole bunch of sports. Um, um, and New Zealand was actually where he first started playing rugby league. So that's his, uh, yeah, uh, old mate John Ackland and the uh, Mount Albert Lions. Have, yeah, they've got 
got a big say in uh, the development of, of Matt and, and what he's become. When did you realise that Nathan was something special, that he was going to be a great footballer with, well, maybe a step above the rest? Yeah, no, well, Sydney wasn't early. Um, I, I always thought he had something. He had a. He's always had a you know a really good work ethic, and he's loved 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 the game, loved practicing, loved kicking, loved all that stuff. So that that was always going to help. It was probably not until um, last year at school. So he's like seventeen. Um, he made the made the Australian schoolboys did well there. And then he started playing under twenties and was doing well. And then he played one one. Uh, reserve grade game, and then he then he, he got picked the first grade as an eighteen year old. But it's probably when he was like seventeen. Yeah, that's when I thought. But I still never thought he would play first grade the year after. That's like the whole thing. And then Origin at at twenty, I think, yeah, I could never have anticipated the the rise he had when he was young. Um, and it's just he's still on that rise. It's, it's he's like his mother, Stephen. That's all I can say. <laughs> How, how, how much of a balancing act is it, uh, you being the coach and him being, let's just say, your franchise player? Yeah, um, I don't know. Like it, it's, uh, it helps when he's, you don't have to consider him for selection. You know, he picks himself every week and he's become a co-captain, um, which he's handled well as well. I mean, like it just makes life so much easier for me that he plays so well every week. So that, that's not an issue. Uh, we've had our ups and downs, that's for sure. You know, there's been it brings a lot of scrutiny, and um, I've, I've definitely felt guilty at times when I first started with that the way that scrutiny landed on on Nathan. Um, but, but yeah, we always kind of I guess deep down knew that it was going to be a good thing, and I think now I actually think it's a it's definitely an advantage because um, we think the same and on so many levels, and um, as a captain and coach, that yeah, I think that's a Almost an unfair advantage. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good advantage to have because you're the premiers right now. One really strong storyline coming out of this whole campaign has been the amount of local juniors. You you know how to build a club, and now you've got to maintain that. But how important is having that that junior representation in your first grade? Well, we are a, a development club. But, um, again, I'll get back to the Warriors. We um, mandated that um, back in... 2006, and uh, we yeah we made it clear that we were we were going to get a recruit people that we didn't have type thing, um, which seemed to work you know pretty well. So we did the same thing here in Penrith. We have a big big junior nursery. Um, a lot of players have gone on to play, and they still do to this day play for other clubs, particularly in Sydney. But um, yeah, we we yeah we a lot of the club. It's not just. You know, not just about developing juniors, there's a lot of money into it too. So it's a big investment, um, you know, financially, time-wise, um, staff, all that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, it is so cool to see some of these kids. You know, just Jerome Lillard and Nathan, for example, started playing together when they were 15. Um, and so now to, you know, to win an Origin Series together this year and win a premiership, um, yeah, it is absolutely a dream come true for those boys. Gosh, you're ticking every every box. Origin wins, Premiership wins. Gosh, what's next? The Australian coaching job. Uh, hell, hell, hell. Who knows? Hey, there's this one player that, that reminds me so much of Simon Mannering in your team, Isaiah Yo. I I've been watching him for years. I like this guy. Yeah, funny you should say that. Um, when I first uh, when I first saw 
um, Isaiah. So that was uh, when I first got to Penrith in 2012. He was playing in the 20s. Um, he debuted first round 2014. He was a back rower then, but I debuted him in the centres. And I actually said to people at the time, I said, this guy reminds me of Simon, <laughs> uh, honestly. Um, yeah, of course, they're, yeah, you, you work out they're a little bit different personalities and all that kind of thing. But they are just that reliable type who are uh, understated, um, but, but, you know, just do stuff on the field, off the field that no one necessarily notices. But, you know, you can count on them completely. Yeah, I, I actually think there's a lot of similarities between those two guys and some of my favourites of all time. You're going to now have to try and go back to back, but you, you lose some players. You lose Luke Capewell. You, use, uh, you, you lose the very talented Matt Burton. Where are you at with Viliami Kikau? Can you, has he got another year to run and can you keep him? Yeah, he's got another year run. Um, it's going to be a challenge. It's, uh, that's just, you know, it, it comes with any team that uh, you know that becomes successful. You know, with, in a salary cap era, everyone's values go up, and uh, we've got six guys make their origin debuts in the last two seasons. So, you know, that brings with it challenges. And, uh, that's just sort of how it is. So that's you know, go back to the previous question about um, junior development. Another reason why it's so important that we continually bring through young guys. Just to balance out our salary cap. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just part of evolution. It's, you know, you've got to try and get to the top, and when you're at the top, then you've got to try and, try and stay there. So that'll be our next challenge, and um, I'm really certainly looking forward to it. Are you looking forward to seeing a 17th team come in in 2023 with the, the Dolphins now confirmed? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good thing. It's been a long time since the team's come in. I think, um, you know, the Brisbane market, are, you know, it's big enough definitely to have a, another team. Um, you know, Redcliffe, from what I've seen, uh, you know, they're a strong club, they're well financed, they've got a good little stadium there. And, um, yeah, I think it's great. I, I, I'm looking forward to the way the dynamic will change. I'm not really looking forward to how the play market will change yeah. next year, but that's going to be a bit crazy. But that, you know what, that's, that's the way it goes. And I think um, if we can actually build the sport and grow it in new areas, um, yeah, it can only be a good thing. I know you never give too much away about. Ivan Cleary, but now that you've got one under your belt, uh, do you feel like a little pressure is off uh, as you as a coach to say, you know, I'm a premiership coach now and and now you can sort of maybe, I don't know, become more who you want to be rather than what people expect you to be? Um, well, yeah, there is a bit of that. Um, I never got into coaching uh, thinking about winning premierships. Um, once you're in there, though, I guess that's, that's Essentially, the job—that's what uh, that's what clubs want, and that's what you strive for. Probably only really the last—I know I had a chance to the Warriors. Um, it's only the last few years where it's, I really felt like it was, um, yeah, right there and mm. something to really strive for. So, yeah, I guess looking back, and it's not just because of my coaching, but playing—I didn't get one. Even as a fan, um, all those years ago as a kid, you know, my team never won the grand final. So, it's something that I mean. Looking forward to feel for my whole life. So, yeah, I, I definitely uh, feel pretty good about it. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Like, by the time the next preseason rolls around, which won't be long, um, it'll be the same thing. It'll be just the same as best we can. And, and our team's good enough again to, uh, to hopefully get in that window and 
here in Ellicott next year. Okay, so Bex, you've got a business called is it Pino and Picasso? Is that right? So you have a have a little That's wine, right. have a little. So what is her bonus that you will now have to pose nude for the for the class? <laughs> I, I might get Nathan, mate. I think he's probably got. Probably got me covered, eh? <laughs> Mate, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much for giving us your time here on SENZ and uh, look forward to season 22, 2022. Have a great off-season, mate. Thanks, Stephen. My pleasure, mate. Ivan Cleary, exclusive to SENZ this morning, and uh, how cool was that? Yes, the Pinot and Picasso is a is a business that he and his wife Bex have. Basically, you have a glass of wine and you learn to paint. Uh, that was I, I missed up by saying what the uh, part of the Picasso was, but that what that's all about. Uh, Nine nineteen here on SENZ mornings with Stephen McIver in for Smithy. So, what do you think about it? For, when I think about Ivan Cleary, I think about the one that got away from the Warriors by far and away. He has been maybe barring Daryl uh, Daniel Anderson, but I think. Far and away, he is the coach they should have kept. But egos got in the way. And now when you look at this Warriors side, I'm beginning to ask this question that we're going to their third year offshore. Here's a question for you so you can be a winner today. Have you lost your connection with the Warriors? Do they still feel like your team? Or is something missing? We know why they're there. But because they've been away for two years... Are you missing something? Has the connection gone? Now is your chance to ring and tell me what you think. And if you ring, you go on the draw to win those two books. One about Steve Hansen and what about Bodie Barrett on 0800 150811. And don't forget about the text of the week too. Wins a temper pillow today with $299. The best text of the month will win a temper queen package, including a temper queen mattress. The temper queen adjustable base and two temper pillows. Wow. Value of that $10,000. But call now and be a winner as well. 0800-150-811. The question is this. Have you lost your connection with the Warriors on SENZ? It's mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 9.25 with Stephen McIver sitting for Smithy. So good to be with you on this beautiful Friday where I am. Uh, driving past the waterfront, sunshines, blue skies and lots of masks which we need. So if you haven't vaxxed, get off your ass and vax now. There's a big vaxathon this weekend as well. So double jab and maybe we can have a summer. Now, the question I asked before the break was, have you lost your connection with the Warriors after talking to Premiership winning coach Nathan, uh, Ivan Cleary, excuse me. The number is 0800 for you to win the Steve Hansen book and the Bodie book just to call in and have a chat about this. Josh uh, calling from Rakaia. Hey, mate, how are you? Good morning, Steve. Uh, Stephen. Very good, thanks. Very now, good. so what's the, so? Have you lost your connection, or you do still have your connection with the no, Warriors? No, no, no. Haven't lost it. Still got it. Um, am a little bit worried about um, you know with the Dolphins starting up over there with the uh, retention of our fringe players and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, no, nah, I've definitely still definitely still got love for the Warriors. I actually uh, had tickets to go to the game. That was uh, Roger's farewell. I had flights, um, I had hotels, but I did it all on the same night that uh, they, I heard about the game. So, yeah, I was pretty pretty gutted. That didn't go ahead, but um, no, still got the connection there. I just, yeah, I was starting to think that it was a possibility that they would try and relocate them permanently. Yeah, yeah. So D- don't be, su- don't be surprised, man. No, nah, with the Dolphins, I think that, that might... Uh, 
that might sold up for us. Now they've got their team there, so we can come on back home. Hey, mate, are, are you like me? Are you like me that, that was pretty grumpy that the, that Roger went to Rugger? Because I, because I, that he's a special, yeah, right? Yeah, he yeah. is a special, and the fact yeah. they just let him go for you know, I, I thought, yeah, nah, yeah, nah. It was a little bit disappointing, but just. If anyone's earned the right to do what they want, it's right. So, <laughs> mate, you are you are you, know, you, you warriors are that. you are hard out, bro. Yeah, yeah, no, always since day one, since I can remember, the DB Bitter jersey. I had one of them, and I took it to our school one day, and it never came back. <laughs> We're probably burned by some rugby supporter saying you can't bring that. <laughs> that hey, Josh, you're in the draw for the two books, mate. Thanks so much for calling. Never Please. be afraid to never be afraid to pick up the phone, buddy, and call us here on SNZ. 0800-150-811. James, hi, mate. Where are you calling from? Oh, morena, 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 oh, mate. Calling from. Uh, uh, for Whanganui, how's uh, it going? Yeah, mate, I am good. You sound like you're in good frame of mind. What's on your mind? <clears throat> oh, just um, good discussion about the Warriors. I feel um, a bit more of a connection with them um, just, you know, because they're away and they've had to be away for so long. Um, and they're battling hard uh, with what, what, what they've had to deal with. So, you know, now it feels like even more of a connection to them, um, and more important to support them uh, at this time. Do That's you how I'm feeling. does 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 it concern you that when we're we're looking at players, we're not necessarily looking at Kiwi players? Although some friend of mine said to me, "Oh, I've got no connection here. There's no Kiwi players." And then I went ahead, like, "Well, actually, there's quite a lot of Kiwis in there. Uh, it's just that they've been playing in Australia." Do you feel they're strong enough to challenge yet? Because I'm I'm not sure yet. I still feel mid 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 table. Yeah, I'm still thinking mid-table. I think we need a couple more props to help with the rotation, to help uh, Fanua Blake and Lodge, because we've seen when they would come off after 20 minutes that the intensity would drop off. So we really need to have a couple more props to help with their rotation. Similar to what we had in 2011. Stop it. Stop it. And and it really helped. (laughs) Mate, I remember that was the best front four going around. And it was a it was a two plus two hit. James, thanks so much for calling in, mate. You're in the draw for the the two books. They're rugger books, but mate, I think you'll appreciate it. Steve Hansen worked for the Bulldogs for a little while as a consultant, so we'll say he's he's partly you know. Nine twenty nine, Karen has news shortly. Uh, one final call from New Plymouth. G'day, Steve. Hello, Steve. How you going, buddy? Yeah, it's Stephen. You're Steve. I'm Stephen. Don't don't push me. Don't push me. <laughs> it's good to hear you back on the radio full think, time. Think, yes, well, I, just no, just uh, filling in, mate. What's what's on your mind? Uh, the Warriors. Yeah, um, go for it. I've been I've been a fan with this. I went to the very first opening game um, way back, and I haven't lost um, such a base with them um, playing in Australia. But I lost a base with them long before that, but I've come back to them. I lost the base because I, like, it's more management and silly people they put in silly places that have made atrocious decisions. And um, they've let players go they shouldn't have. They've brought players in they shouldn't have. And they had the best coach in um, Ivan Cleary. That was an absolute diabolical decision. Yeah, that's, and that really peeved me off. Yeah, that's what, you, that's what I, you call a cluster. I won't, I won't add the, yeah. ex, the extra word to that, but that was a cluster when they let Ivan go, and I think we, are, we as Warriors fans have been paying it for ever since. But you know what? I'll tell you this. Regardless of where they are, even though I may have lost a bit of a connection, every time they win, they are water cooler talk more than a lot of other teams. Steve, you are in the draw uh, to win those two books, one on Steve Hansen and the other one on Bodie. 9.30, Karen's in with news.
gritting her teeth. You can see the pain on her face. It's edged there now. But the Kiwi who's missed out on Olympic medals in the last two campaigns. Surely this is when she's going to be the Olympic champion for New Zealand. Just about 15 strokes to go as Prakatsen closes, but it's too little too late from the sculler from the Russian Olympic Committee. Emma Twig, Imperius out in front. Victoria Thornley closing on Lobnik. It's going to be medal. Emma Twig here coming up to the line after those pair of fourth place finishes. The fabulous Fern from New Zealand wins the gold. Emma Twig, all the expectation was swirling around the Kiwi. Oh, she withstood the pressure. She had the legs, she had the stamina for the gold. But now, top of the world. Yeah, and it's a sign to all aspiring athletes, whether you're male or female, never give up. Never, ever give up. Fourth Olympics, Emma Twig finally wins gold in the single skulls at Tokyo 2020. Yes, it was 2021, but they had to keep it Tokyo 2020 because they printed off so much stuff for marketing. That's why, if simply, it was called Tokyo 2020. But uh, this week, uh, she joined the New Zealand Olympic Committee's Athletics Commission, and Emma joins us right now. Uh, listening to that, Emma, uh, you still get butterflies in the tummy? Yeah, I definitely got a few shivers up there. <laughs> fine listening to that. It's quite cool there. You know, when you think about it, Emma, it seems like yesterday because, you know, life moves on. You do your MIQ and everything happens. But when you, I I remember asking you the question uh, for Sky Television about touching the the ring around your neck, which was your, I think, your wedding ring with Shah, right? Yeah, yeah, it does does seem like just yesterday that. that it was happening, especially with the lockdowns that we've had since. But, yeah, it's a funny old world. It is a crazy old world. And, and I know you're based in Cambridge and you're in the Waikato, so you're stuck like us in Auckland in Level 3. So you know how it's, you know how it feels to be sort of locked up again. Let's talk about the Athletes Commission. Actually, no, let's stop. Let's talk about going forward. Lisa Carrington has announced she's going to Paris 2024. Emma Twig, yes or no? Uh, yeah, I've committed to another year with Rowing New Zealand, so I'm pretty excited about that and just taking it year by year and making sure that the enjoyment's still there and <laughs> the moment, so why not? I love that one. I've committed to another year, and I'll ignore the fact that you mentioned Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah do, pretty much. Do you, you have the <laughs> Are you single, or do you want to go into a different crew? Um, I think I'd like to hop back in the single and just enjoy um, all of these regattas, these fun regattas that we get to do in the post-Olympic year and again just see how it all goes and how it all feels and I'm definitely not solely focused on the single skull and if there's opportunities in other boats I'd, I'd certainly put my hand, hand up for those too. What's it, what's it like sort of being back home? You know, I know it's been a little while but you know, finally seeing your wife and just getting back to a rhythm. What, how hard was it because we talk a lot about the come down, the let down. And I know it's big for a lot of Olympic athletes. Because it was your fourth, was it easier to do or did the MIK, MIQ make it a little more challenging? Yeah, I think the experiences of my past games definitely helped and prepared me for, for the little lull that you experience after a game. Um, lockdown actually was quite nice because I got to spend some time with Shara and just relax. Uh, but yeah, now it's definitely one of those things. I think the whole of the country is just looking forward to some kind of normality and a bit of routine and freedom, so fingers crossed that we kind of get on top of things. Let's talk about going on to the, being elected, might I say, congratulations, onto the NZOC Athletes Commission. What do you see your function there as? Uh, I guess we're just uh, the, the voice of 
all other athletes really, uh, an extension of um, everyone that I kind of train alongside in, in Cambridge um, and just really champion, championing the causes that um, athletes feel um, we need to talk about with our administrators and, and the board and yeah, just the voice of the athletes, really. I know mental health is hugely important to you. It's it's become probably one of the preeminent concerns in the world of sport, not just professional sport, particularly after we lost the beautiful Olivia Podmore. Will you be pushing hard and the administrators hard to take athlete welfare into greater context? Yeah, definitely. I think um, athlete wellbeing is, is, should always be the focus of, of what our NSOs do um, and I think the NZOC have actually uh, the Commission have led the way in pushing some of those issues so I'm really excited to join those p- people and those voices and yeah just to, to continue um, making sure that we're never in a situation like um, we have been recently where we've, lo- we've lost a, a beautiful person um, mm. because of you know her, her thoughts and feelings um, around sport. Uh, you yourself, have you ever struggled mentally in the early days by being a an athlete that is ba- and basically an amateur, but basically living day to day as a professional would? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely had lows in my careers and frustrations um, around you know some of the some of the decisions that have been made for me within within our organisation, and uh, I guess it's my mission to make sure that that the athletes. Um, health and well-being and, and that's the focus and the, the centre of how our administrators work. So um, making sure that there aren't athletes out there that are, that are struggling and, and kind of banging their head against a brick wall and, and that there's some really clear and transparent decision-making going on. Well, the key surely to all of this, Emma, is that they are willing to listen, that you have, I hate this word, It's my. I hate this word, there are processes in place where an athlete can actually pick up a phone and say, hey, I'm in trouble, I need help. Yeah, and I think actually we've we've made great strides in that area. We are we are really well supported, um, and we need to continue that and make sure that athletes actually know where you can go and and maybe even create an even bigger network outside just your individual sport um, and make the most of you know a wider network of athletes. Well, the other uh, the and yeah, hopefully. Sorry, 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 no, my bad. You go. No, I was, I was just saying. Hopefully, the the athletes commission can be part of that. The other part of this is inclusion, right? So you're openly gay, you and, and and I just wonder when you when you came out and said, okay, this is this is who I am, and we we talk about the LGBTQ community. How important is it for the community to actually feel accepted? Yeah, I think it's it, any community wants to be accepted, right? It's not necessarily just um, you know based on sexuality. It's yep. culturally, it's um, across the board. So. Um, it's another another thing that we can do as athletes is you know show the diversity of um, people in different sports and give role models to young kids and and hopefully um, make everyone feel included. Yeah, I don't I don't want to harp on about it, but was was there always a fear coming out? Um, not really. I feel I feel very lucky to have. Um, obviously, it's a process that you go through yourself mm. internally, and and everyone goes through that journey in a very different way, but. Um, I feel very lucky that I've been very well supported, friends, family, and, and my sexuality has never really been a, a topic of conversation, especially in the sporting world. Um, but that's not the same for everybody, and we need to make sure that there are safe spaces and, and places where people potentially can speak to people and, and feel comfortable, um, especially in sport.
Yeah, I'm keen to understand because I, I get the feeling, and I've had many discussions with my, my young kids, well, they're teenage kids, I'm beginning to think that New Zealand could be one of the most liberal countries in the world when it comes to inclusion. Do you get that feeling having travelled overseas? Um, I definitely think that we we are at the forefront. I think um, there's certainly countries around the world where it's far harder to be who you are than, than in New Zealand. Um, I think there's obviously always still room to move and it's one of those things you need to keep talking until you don't have to talk anymore. Um, but yeah, for sure, I've been extremely well supported and I feel very lucky within, within rowing as well. It's just not really a, um, a topic of conversation. Yeah, just normalise and just get on with life because we're, we're we're all just humans. We just uh, we, we we live differently. Hey, where do you, hey, is the gold medal in the sock at the moment, or is it on the uh, on the bench top and the little holder? Uh, we have a nice little case for it where it's sitting <laughs> at the moment, but I love to put it in the sock to take it to school because people don't really expect that you're going to pull a pull a gold medal out of a sock. It's a, a we track that Bondi uh, put me onto, so it's been a, a winner. Tell me, uh, I've always, I I hate the word role model. So I, I prefer the word hero. And I know people like yourself and the rowers, rowers don't like to talk about themselves a lot, but would you consider yourself a hero to young rowers that want to be and to aspire like to be like you? Uh, I don't think anyone loves calling themselves a hero, but um, if a young a young aspiring rower sees me as that, then I think that that's, that's pretty cool. And, and it's you know one of the, the reasons why we train so hard is to try and helped to kind of inspire that next generation and there were people that, that were those heroes for me. The Everswindale twins were 100% my heroes when I was young. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to potentially be that person to someone else. Okay, so let's agree to lose the, the title role model and just talk heroes from now on, eh? What do you reckon? <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> I won't be calling myself a hero. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want you going out and looking at me. I'm a hero. I'm just saying I like the, I like the title hero. Hey, uh, are you training inside or are you allowed on the water? Uh, no, we're not on the water in, in um, level three. So actually, this is a nice time of year to be doing other things anyway. So keeping up the cross training and, and getting outside and doing different things. All right, Emma, real real pleasure as always to talk to you. Go well, say hi to Shah, and uh, well, get back in the boat as soon as you can, mate. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. Gold medalist Emma Twig, live from Cambridge. Uh, Shah, we're talking about is her wife, Shah, who works for Northern Districts Cricket. And uh, I mentioned the moment because I picked up that when she crossed the line winning her gold medal, she touched uh, something around her ring. And I looked a little closer and I got them to slow the video down. It was her wedding ring. Uh, because uh, she said, uh, quite simply, she wanted Shah close to her, and having Shah close to her was one of the reasons she was pushing herself so hard. So that's Emma Twig. Uh, if you've got something to th- talk about Emma being on the Athletes Commission, you can text it, maybe be in the text of the week to win that temper pillow with $299. The best text of the month will win a temper queen package, including the temper queen mattress and adjustable base. Two temper pillows, the value of those $10,000. We're giving away the text of the week uh, today before midday, valued at $299. That's it's a hell of an expensive pillow. It must be it must be plated in gold, but it must also be very good. By the way, you can call now if you want to go into the draw to win those books of Steve Hansen, former All Blacks coach, former Bulldogs consultant, and also Bodie Barrett. It's a skills one written by our very own Ricky Swinell. All you've got to do is call me and uh, give me your thoughts on whether you have lost the connection with the Warriors. Okay, 0800 150811 is the number. Call and tell me what you think. You'll go straight into the draw on 0800 150811. I got a text in from Harmy. He says, I think it's the ideal time for the Warriors to sell their license to a new franchise in Australia. COVID had really challenged our connection and links between players and fans. 
I don't think it'll happen because the NRL needs NZ, but wouldn't blame the owners if they were thinking about it. Well, they can't because Sky pays a bucket ton of cash to have the Warriors. All right, 0800 150811. Tell me your thoughts. Begin to win on SENZ Mornings. No problem with other cultures, except the Dutch. No, I'm trying to think what the movie was, a comedy movie. Zade, thanks for the call, mate. You are in the draw. You are in the draw. All right, uh, multi coming up now, or do we have a break? Now. Oh, take a break, and then I'll give my multi. This will be a bit of fun. Ian Smith on ECNZ. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Smithy's multi. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. Bet live on your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. 9.58 on Mornings with Smithy with Stephen McIver. Hey, it was a joke about the Dutch. It was a joke. All right? But thank you. The Dutch hate you too. You're an idiot. Love it. <laughs> Uh, Smithy Smolty yesterday, three legs came in, fourth didn't, Ireland beat Bangladesh, so he missed out. Mine, well, this is, I, I love my NFL, right? I really do. So today, Tampa Bay are at the Eagles, big game today. Uh, Tampa, uh, I'm, they, I'm going 1-13, to 13, really simple stuff. 1-13 to 13 at 2.45 for me on that one. Uh, Northland NPC play Otago tonight, 7.05 on Sky. Uh, Northland, I'm going Northland, which is against the grain, just on head-to-head at 2.50. And then Monday night, I think it's Monday night football, just Monday football. Uh, the 4-1 and one Ravens, Baltimore Ravens against the 4-1 and one LA Chargers. Now, the Ravens uh, behind Lamar Jackson are the favourites. I'm going with the Chargers behind Justin Herbert as their QB. 1-13 to 13 at 2.89. So that's my simple multi, like a really simple multi. Tampa Bay are the Eagles today. Northland to get Otago. And the charges to get the Ravens on Monday. That is my multi. Just a reminder, coming your way after 10 o'clock, Cruz Tangiera, the Aotearoa men's netball captain. Talk about missing out on playing the Silver Ferns. And also, 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 your chance to be a winner. That's right. The the uh, Steve Hansen book and the Bodie book. And someone said, why would Leagueys want rugby books? Well, Steve Hansen is part Leaguey now because he consulted for the dogs for a while. 0800 150811 will be the number to call, okay? 0800 150811 and you go straight in the draw. Just like that, we'll give away both books just before midday today, along with our text of the month, which is that temper pillow, valued at 200 and $99. All right, more to come in the mornings after 10. Cruz Tangira, Aotearoa men's netball captain. Karen's next with news. Smith. Three minutes past ten with Stephen McIver filling in for the great one, Smithy, uh, today and a chance for you to be a winner before midday if you want to win one of those two rugby books, uh, one by Steve Hansen or with Steve Hansen from Gregor Paul and Ricky Swinell wrote Bodie, uh, skills and drills and all things about Bodie, then when I get you to call on 0800 150811, anything you want to talk about this morning, it's been a bit hot this morning, uh, about whether you've lost your connection with the Warriors. And many are saying, actually I haven't. Because I feel for them over there. Year number three over there. I'm, I am beginning to lose my connection a little bit. But we'll, we'll hold that for the moment because right now we're going to talk men's netball. The Aotearoa men's netball side took on the Silver Ferns again this year in the Cadbury Series. Went down 2-1, won the, the last one. And one man that was hanging out to be there was their skipper. That's right, Cruz Tangira. Uh, couldn't play along with four other players because of COVID restrictions. He joins us now. How painful was the watch? Uh, morning, Stephen. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, yeah, painful is a really good word to describe that. I mean, 
you know, I was in the studio presenting and, and commentating, so the fact that I had to actually be there and not be out on court was definitely uh, a struggle for me. <laughs> Mate, can I just say, you? I've only known you for probably six months, but I've got to say, you are a talent. A real television talent, and and I don't often throw those things out. So, uh, and and it just and you're just so good to be around, man. You're just so good to be around. So uh, let's let's do the one thing that the word that came out to me when I was watching the men play the women was tokenism. Is it tokenism that the men are being allowed to play the silver ferns? Um, I I don't think so. I like with the men have played the silver ferns and and also the franchise netball teams for a number of years, and I think this was just. I guess um, the the right time and the right opportunity for men to be actually be on on TV playing playing the woman. So it's not like it hasn't happened before. It's mm. just that I guess they got the backing of of Sky Sport, which is amazing, and Apple New Zealand to put it on TV. And people like Nolan Todor, she's always been a huge advocate and supporter of men's netball. So. I think it was only fitting that it happened um, happened now. I'm intrigued to know how strong men's netball really is. Well, it's growing, that's for sure. It probably, you know, has a number of years to go before it can get to the level like the ANZ Premiership. But since the Capri, the inception of the Capri Series, the growth has been exponential and there's so much more talent coming through the ranks, especially at grassroots level. Um, down in Hawke's Bay, they had a boys' netball tournament and over 28 schools had registered um, teams. So that in itself is a huge reflection of just how much the sport has grown. I think where we stand internationally, we're probably second ranked to Australia, as like all other teams in New Zealand are. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's definitely finding finding its feet, and the more people that watch it, the more the sport will grow. Well, I, I just love how fast you guys are, and and the Silver Ferns must appreciate, and dare I say it, a more another type of physical style of netball they're up against. They, they do, and I think what they appreciate the most or what they get the most out of playing the men is that they have to think differently. We don't play the traditional style of netball in terms of having structures and set plays. We play a little bit more off the body. Obviously, we play a lot more aerial because we can jump a little bit higher. So they have to think differently tactically um, in, in terms of how they will go about beating us. And you saw it in the series uh, just gone. They, they bet the men, as you said, Stephen, uh, 2-1. So they just have to apply different skills skills to um, playing the men, and then they can also use those skills playing the women's teams as well. Is there a fear that netball could sort of, men's netball could uh, be a bit like the NBA? You put some big units up there at goal shoot and they're untouchable. You have seven footers there and suddenly a goal, a goal, a goal keeps got no hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, even though having really, really poor uh, people and on the men's side, it doesn't come down to that. It really comes down to the way that you play the smarts that you have in, in the game. And, and as I said, what you can do tactically to beat the other team. We saw last year, Junior uh, Levi, he stands over seven foot tall. He's a big unit, so solid. Yeah, the Silver, the silver Ferns still came away with um, the three-goal win. So, yeah, I don't think height has... I mean, height does play into it a little bit, but just the way you approach the game and the smarts that you use out on court, it definitely helps the team. What do World Netball think of men's netball? Well, that's a really good question. I don't think that as progressive as uh, Nipple here in New Zealand or Nipple New Zealand, the organisation itself, and, and that's just my own personal opinion, for for uh, a number of years they've um, actively said that they will never support men's netball, nor will they help you know start um, competitions like the ANZ Premiership. 
because they think it's a woman's sport and the women have done so much to to get it to the place that it is at the moment. And I do not agree with it. They've done they've put in a lot of work to get it to where they're at. But I think they feel like we're trying to take away the limelight from them and we're not. We're just trying to grow the sport. We just want to play the sport and ultimately we just want more viewers involved so they can then get more exposure and get more sponsorship and all those kind of things. I've got a, a question from a listener actually here on SNZ. Uh, Morena, uh, could you ask Cruz when he thinks there will be a men's version of the ANZ Netball Champ- Premiership? So well, there's obviously a desire and a hunger for it. Yes, yes, there is. Oh, that's a really good question. I probably, if I'm being honest, I, I would say maybe in four or five years' time, what it comes down to, Stephen, is ultimately having the funds to produce a competition like the ANZ Premiership and whether we can get sponsorship like banks or like other big um, organisations. So, we're, I mean, we definitely are taking the steps at the moment, like having the Capri Series and just having curtain raiser games of men playing before the women to, to get to that point. But it will take a lot longer, I mm, feel, yeah. to, to be on that sort of, of professional level. Well, there's got to be a desire, and if, if the likes of Sky are uh, supporting you, that that's a really good start because if you get exposure, the exposure is great. And I wonder too, do you see a lot of mums and dads going high paced, cool sport, yeah, yeah. physical, and going, yeah, you yeah. know what, maybe, maybe, maybe our Johnny and Sally or whatever don't want to play rugby or soccer or league; they want to play netball. Do you do you sense that? Well, we do, and we had like when I because I was in the Kipri series last year, and it was down in Palmerston North, and we went around to all a couple of different schools just to sort of promote the game prior to playing. And we had so many parents and the, their children, obviously boys and and girls, uh, turn out and just be so enthusiastic about about the sport. We had little kids coming to the game and, and coming up to us, coming up to us after asking for our autograph and all that kind of thing. So. There is definitely that that um, that hunger for the for the men's side of the game to really come to the forefront and and I guess be on TV a little bit more. But as I said, and as you just mentioned, if we can have more backing from big organisations and Sky's been fantastic, then we can definitely get to that level. When I was when I was uh, wanting to talk to you, I went and watched the Pure As piece, which was a a piece of video content on Netball New Zealand and about your journey yeah. to Nepal. And I had tears in my yeah. eyes, but only because you were crying too. And about the and the yeah. painful journey of being a man wanting to play, wanting to play netball, and the the shame that you felt. Now that you see what is going on, has the shame gone away completely, or is it still sitting there in the backdrop, going, "Hell, I had to pay this price to get to this point." Yeah, uh, if I'm being honest, I I'm going to say no. The shame is still there. That that that, that sense of rejection is definitely um, still there, and, and still is, I guess, prevalent in my adult. Life and I still feel like not just myself, but the men's men's simple players in general still have to prove ourselves against, I guess, this public opinion that we aren't good enough or that we shouldn't be playing netball. So I'm I'm grateful that I can put my story out there, and my story is really a reflection of what every single person in in um, men's netball has experienced in in their in their career and their their um, life. And but I'm just grateful that people are starting to see what we've been through and. And I guess the shoe's on the other foot now. It's like we are the minority sport and we just want the support and the backing of the not just the public but, but everyone to, to really get us to that level like the woman. Do you think it was harder because you came from a religious family, you came out and were playing what everybody said was a girl's sport? Yeah, 100%. That was the, the hardest 
thing for me, just going against all my the, the morals of my family and what I was brought up in, and then obviously being in playing Saturday netball and all the public uh, there watching and saying all these like nasty oh, things on the sideline. I can, I can imagine. And then I can I, imagine. Yeah, and then ha- I had no one to sort of talk to because no one actually felt what I was going through, being the only boy in the community playing the sport. So, yeah, it was it was um, not the nicest. <laughs> To say the least. Have 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 your has your connection with your family strengthened in time? My my connection with my family has always been strong. That that that, thing, that part of my life has never uh, dwindled, and I'm really grateful for that. And you know, it's still an ongoing conversation with my parents, and um, yep. you know their beliefs, and, and making sure that they're comfortable. But also making sure that they respect what I say is well, what I say and how I feel. So yeah, that the relationship is amazing. I've got great parents. Um, but I guess it'll just be a work in progress throughout. Life, I've got a couple of text. I've got a couple of text questions for you before we we head on out of here, and they're, they're pretty good ones too. Um, sure. This one from James. He says, "Kia kaha, uh, Cruz. Is there any chance the men will play Silver Ferns before Commonwealth's Games? My wife and I thoroughly enjoyed watching them. The only time when we watch netball are when the men are playing." Oh, that's really cool. Yes, there is. Um, uh, we negotiated, or sorry, the New Zealand Men's and Mixed Board negotiated. Uh, with Netball New Zealand this year to have two more Cadbury series. So hopefully, in, uh, between the end of the ANZ Premiership next year and the start of the Commonwealth Games, there'll be another another um, Cadbury series. So, yeah. <laughs> I bet you you were just gagging to get out there and say, OK, can we? <laughs> yeah. Can I have my exemption? I want to go, please, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> uh, exactly. NBJ has just come in and said, my son plays social mixed netball in the UK. He also previously did the New- in New Zealand. Uh, is there a pathway? In New Zealand, there is a pathway. I can't say what the pathway is in uh, England, but there is definitely a men's... They had a men's nationals for the first time this year, and if the listener is still listening, uh, one Facebook group to follow would be Knight Men's Netball on Knight. Facebook. And, and Knight? Yeah, Knight. Like the Knight in, uh, like the Armour Knight, um, that type of thing. Um, in K, sorry, K-N-I-G-H-T, that night. Um yeah, so Knight Men's Netball on Facebook. Get in touch with the uh, the admin of that Facebook page and they'll be able to give you details of where to go, where to find communities and, and how they can get into playing uh, men's netball over in England. All right, mate. Hey, it's such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for giving us your time on a Friday morning. Uh, what does the weekend yeah, hold for you? Are, you? are you vaxxing up? I'm already vaxxed. I'm full. So that's the thing, Stephen. We were fully vaxxed. We had a, we returned a negative test and we still didn't get an exemption to go down. So... We did everything correctly, but yeah, the government just couldn't come through for us. But hey, it's, it is what it is. It's fast, so I just got to move on. But weekend, I'm just thinking I'm going to chill now. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? Uh, I think somewhere along the way, we as as much as people are struggling, I know. Look, my wife's a hairdresser; hasn't worked since lockdown, right? You just got to sit back. And go, it is what it is. We'll get out of this if we do yeah. the right thing. Cruz, a real pleasure. Have an Bye. awesome weekend, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Take care. Yeah, you're welcome. Cruz Tangere, Aotearoa men's netball captain who didn't get the chance to play. 10.15 here on Mornings with Smithy with Stephen McIver. If you want the chance to win those books, 0800 150 811 and be in to win, like Dean from Dunedin. G'day, Dean. What's on your mind? Oh, mate, honestly, I was just listening to Cruz on the radio and uh, turn, turn, your, away, mate, like, turn your radio down. Yeah, I've just told the, the other person here to do that. I, I'm, I'm the sympathy of, what's the dude, to be fair? Like, if my son come home and said he was playing netball, I don't really know what I'd do. Like, well, I, I had to deal with that. 
but, but okay, so but that's that's a preconception, right? Because your your yeah. your, your perception is netball is a girls game. Let, let's look at it this way. Ivan Cleary, Penrith Panthers coach, said he gave his kids the chance to play any sport they wanted and let them find their space. Maybe that's the attitude you have to take. Well, no, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like when my boy was at primary school, he played netball for the school. Yep. And he was throwing the ball and hitting girls in the head and that. (laughs) But he was was finding out space. So it was, it does work. But for me, when I watched the men last year play the woman and set them up perfectly to go to whatever tournament it was that they won, having that massive dude at the goal shoot. Yeah. Prove that if we can find one of them, and like I'm a I'm a Southland boy, so the steel's huge, and we had that Jamaican Fowler Reed, mm-hmm. and the steel were untouchable because you just threw the ball high, and as much as the girl Grant's a freak defender, she couldn't do anything about it. So yeah, it sort but, of proved that... but if you heard what Cruz said, height doesn't necessarily mean it works against tactics. Anyway, Dean, uh, I'm glad you've got an open mind about it. Okay, and I think that's the key. If your kids are happy playing a sport, let them play that sport. We don't need to live through what we might have been done as parents because a lot of the problems that eventuate are parents. All right? Oh, wait, you are into the draw, mate. Uh, congratulations to win potentially the Steve Hansen and Bodie Barrett books. Oh, 0800 150 Thanks for your calls this morning. Really loving the engagement. It's 10.17. Look out. The panel is next. Kimberly Downs from TVNZ and Jeff McTainch from Sky Television live here on S. CNZ Smithy, and it is time for the panel. It's always ladies first in my world. Kimberly Downs from TVNZ, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing? I am fine. And Jeff McTainch from Sky Television, how are you, matey? G'day, mate. Morning, Kim. How are you going? Oh, good. Thank you, mate. Hope you're doing well. Do you guys want to make a cup of tea and just leave me out of this for the moment or what? <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies, ladies, ladies first, please. Uh, Kimberly, we'll talk about promotion relegation after the break. I want to talk about Ma'anono turning out for East Coast uh, for the Ngati Puro against Buller this weekend. Uh, he's going to be on the bench along with Jose Aguirre, who is the player coach. Do you like this idea, and do you think there should be more of this, particularly in Heartland Rugby, when we never really hear much about it? Um, yeah, I very much do. I love it. I think it's great for Heartland Rugby. Um, I know there's probably some concern out there about, you know, bringing in these old one-off kind of games, whether it diminishes some of the competition, things like that. But I love it. The more eyes on it, the better. And who else is going to bring more eyes than Ma'anonu? It was like the hype with Sam Kane playing for King Country. Like, you can't buy that sort of publicity uh, for Heartland Rugby. So, I, I mean, I think it's great. I'd love to watch it. All right, Jeff. Down the coast, if I could escape Auckland, it'd be wonderful. <laughs> you can't, you can't, Jeffrey. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Uh, you know, if um, people I've spoken to this week, you know, they're not talking really about the All Blacks uh, or, or whatnot. They're talking about Martin Onu and Jose Gear making their uh, their debuts for for East Coast, not to East Coast against Buller. I think it's uh, I think it's fantastic for the age thing. I mean, Martin Onu's in great shape. It wasn't that long ago he was playing Super Rugby. Uh, Jose Aguirre's always been in, in fantastic nick. Um, it was great seeing the, the team sheet yesterday online and, and Jose Aguirre's name's in 22, and they're just below that it says Coach Jose Aguirre. So uh, oh, it's fantastic. And obviously they're trying to break uh, a 50-odd uh, game losing streak. Look, it's Nazi Pro East Coast Centenary Year. 
uh, Buller as well. They're still trying to win a game this season. So I think it's fantastic, and, and I'd like to see more of it as well. Um, you know, and it's great to see guys giving back to, to the Heartland Unions. Um, and it's going to be a heck of a game. I know a lot of people are, are trying to slip this one in the multi this week. Um, and, and look, it's going to be a fantastic occasion in Ruatoria. Um, you know, the, the long-suffering fans have been, have been waiting for a win. And, and I dare say if, uh, if Manonu and, and Jose Aguirre can deliver one, uh, it'll be a, a heck of a night at, at the club rooms. Yeah, well, Bailey Mackey, who's the head of the East Coast Union, he'll be he'll be whooping up and putting his credit card on the table because he makes plenty. So don't worry about don't worry about that. Hey, but Kimberly, I suppose the one thing we mustn't forget: there must be a lot of players, particularly even Buller, just the chance to go up against a couple of All Blacks will be will be a highlight potentially. Oh, absolutely, and I think again we've already seen this season. Uh, what that can bring to a game, you know, the lift it can bring to a team like Panganui when they play King Country with Sam Kane and these guys. I mean, that's the sort of thing you tell grandkids about, isn't it? You kind of, you know, 30-odd years down the track, at the pub, with your mate. Yeah, remember that time <laughs> I played Ma'anonu. Remember that time I tackled Ma'anonu, or more likely, you know, that's probably a going. Remember that time I got run over yeah. by Ma'anonu. See this, dent in my, <laughs> see this dent in my forehead? That was, that was Ma'anonu's <laughs> knee as I attempted to tackle him, and he, and he planted me in the ground. I mean, it's great, Jeff. I mean, I, I'm a great believer in, in rugby league as well and other sports. You've got to look after the grassroots. You don't do that. You don't create legends. You don't create toughness. And suddenly, you just look at the top and you go, yeah, nah. Well, this is, a, and, and I think, you know, a lot of people would say and argue that the game in New Zealand's broken. Uh, and, and to a degree, they may be right in some aspects because you're right, Heartland rugby, grassroots rugby is where it is. Where it is. I mean, I, personally, growing up in Dunedin, we used to go to Carisbrook every weekend and we would see Otago run out to play uh, against Canterbury or whoever it was, and they had All Blacks in the team. It was accessible. We saw these players uh, playing every single week. So as a young boy growing up, useless rugby player, but it got me involved in the game. I wanted to go each week and watch Jeff Wilson, John Timu, John Leslie, Kane Randall and the like uh, play. So for, for the kids going along to um, Ngātapurau's Coast to watch them play Buller this week, to see Ma Nonu, 100-plus All Black, and Jose Aguirre there, you know, that just might create that wee bit of fire, yeah. that wee bit of spark that... They're not always going to get to see up close and personal. It is about creating memories for the next generation, and you've got to remember it can't always be about money. It's 10.27 here on SENZ Mornings with Stephen McIver and for Smithy. This is the panel with Kimberly Downs from TVNZ and Jeff McTainch from Sky Sport. Okay, uh, my, probably one of the most talked about things at the moment is Sports people needing to be vaccinated, right? Kyrie Irving looks like he's going to sit out a lot of the NBA season for the Brooklyn Nets, going to forgo $30 million. Oh, poor him. In Melbourne, if you are playing, uh, particularly the AFL, you have to be vaccinated and all staff around you. So my question for both of you, I'll go to you on this one first, Jeff. Should all sports people, all sports clubs, if they want to play f- whatever it is going forward, b- need to be vaccinated and tough titty, no jab, no play? I think you have to. I think if you're a club owner or a um, head of an organisation like the Brooklyn Nets, you simply have to draw a line in the sand and say this is where we stand on it. You can't have it both ways. Uh, and I think, um, you know, Kyrie's got to make that decision. That's, that's his choice whether he wants to play or not. Um, look, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the reality is if, uh, you know, 95% of your team and your organisation are vaccinated and the 5% aren't, we know if with uh, with COVID, that um, irrespective of whether you got the vaccine or not, like it's it's still passed on, and, and so 
Um, you go into all sorts of dark areas with employment law and discrimination and, and that sort of thing to say, oh, well, you've let people into our organisation that aren't vaccinated. I am, and now one of my family members is sick. So yeah. I totally get it from, you know, Sean Marks. They've made the right call. And, okay. You know, my personal opinion is you have to be. You have to be. All right. Where do you sit on this one, Kimberly? You've got 40 seconds. Um, <laughs> well, within my 40 seconds, I probably don't even need that long. I completely agree. I'm pretty hardline on this one. Um, I think if you want to participate in anything in that regard, then yes, you should be vaccinated. It's not that hard. I think with Kyrie, I mean, you talk about him losing upwards of $20 million. It's been reported that he's also potentially now going to miss out on a $200 million contract extension. He doesn't care. Probably speaks more to the ludicrous amount of money in the NBA than anything else. But he doesn't need to worry about foregoing a couple of hundred million. Thank you very much. Um, But I, I think it's relatively straightforward, especially in a team environment. Uh, you need to be taking part in in the team, and that includes keeping every member of that team and of your community safe. Good call. You both vaxxed, yes? Yep, absolutely. All right, <laughs> stick around, you two. The panel's back in a moment. We've got uh, Karen just sashayed in uh, to update us on what's happening in the world. Talk, big opinions, the panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. 10.33, SENZ Mornings with Stephen McIver and for Smithy. If you want to win one of those books, or both books actually, giving them away together, the Steve Hansen book written by Greg Paul and the Bodhi book written by our very own Ricky Swinnell, 0800 is the number to ring. Talk to us about anything we've been yarning on about, even what we're doing with the panel right now, which is something that's upset Kimberly Downs. She's a Taranaki girl. And promotion relegation. So it's it's a no-go in season 2021 because the three Auckland teams couldn't participate in the NPC. And so the NZR have said, yeah, nah. And I'll tell you what, right from, from me, uh, Kimberly, I say they made the right decision. You? Oh, oh, let's go. Because my new name, honestly, just call me. Outraged of Taranaki. <laughs> First time caller, outraged of Taranaki. How can we help? I'll leave this to you, Kim. Here you go. <laughs> oh, this is this is my zone, mate. Let me let me at this. Off you go. Because honestly, you look, if you combined the premiership championship tables, guess who's at the top? Taranaki. Guess who's the only team who's unbeaten this year? Taranaki. Who has beaten three premiership teams on their way to that current record? Taranaki. And they don't get promoted? Are you kidding me? I mean, honestly, and I I do, like, look, I feel for NZR in the sense that they are in a very tricky position with what's happened to the Auckland team. But let's not pretend that it's all about all of the Auckland teams. None of them matter, apart from Auckland themselves who are sitting bottom of the premiership. Now, the others are relevant currently. Fire some shots, girl. But irrelevant to this city. Yeah. Oh, you're still yeah. going? Okay, keep going. I'm still going. I'm still going. Here's the thing. I get it that you don't want to relegate Auckland. It's unfair in them. I totally agree with that. So relegate Bay of Plenty, who was in for their second bottom. Or, why don't we mix it up? Why don't we have a promotion relegation playoff match between Taranaki and Bay of Plenty? That would be fair, wouldn't it? Oh Come on. gosh. Wear your colours with pride, my God. Word that is that is outstanding, but you know it's not about it's not about specific teams. It's about the competition as a whole is where I stand. And there's a general unfairness if three teams can't behave, then you just can't change it for a year. Jeffrey, Are you really trying to tell me that the integrity of the competition is upheld by the best team having to stay stuck in the second division? Well, you shouldn't have been there in the first place. 
<laughs> two things. I, 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 I feel Kim on that a little bit. Like, you know, her team has done so well this year. There's no denying that. Taranaki, outstanding. One of the form teams, absolutely. Look, I support Otago. So, so I, I'm way down in the doldrums. What are we? Fourth in the championship. <laughs> We've got no chance of, of, of moving up. So for me, I have to say, look, I think it is the right call because... You know, you are missing uh, three of the Auckland-based teams, Harbour, Auckland, of course, and Counties, Monaco. Um, so it, 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 it wouldn't be fair. And then it just gets messy if you say, OK, well, Auckland haven't played, Bay have plenty have, so let's put them, you know, like, it just gets tricky. I, for one, I'm, I'm in favour of, of scrapping the, the championship and just joining the two together again as it was. Um, yeah. And you could go then to um, yeah. t- two scenarios. You could have a nine-game nine regular season where six teams advance, kind of like, the NRL system a little bit, um, or you could go scenario two, we have 10 regular season games and then four teams advance. Um, I, I just think, personally, that there's more to play for for the fan. Um, you know, you, you know what we should do, Jeff? Uh, you know what we should do? Not pay yeah. anyone and get it back to what it used to be. No, seriously. You talk. You, you say the game is broken. It's broken because a lot of unions can't afford to pay players and because we've, forced, we've been forced into this model, right, where we've got to pay players, you know, and if you want to play uh, Super Rugby, then you, you've got to be paid. I say, no, turn the NPC truly what it used to be and why it used to drive thousands of fans to their local grounds. Purely, purely Amateur, and if you want to bring in All Blacks, that's fine, but you have a cap on it. I think you, I think the yeah, the cost of that um, is interesting, and you look at it. I mean, you have to you, you bring into player welfare the schedule. Are we are they playing too many too many games? Too much rugby? Our top players, but um, I think if if it's looked at again, and, and you're right, if, if we have. I mean, it's the <laughs> argument. Is it domestic rugby we focus on or is it super rugby? Where do you want to put all our eggs? But you put it in domestic rugby because then it'll flow on to super rugby, right? You, and it's not about putting your eggs in one basket. It's saying if we want to have a breeding ground, it's the NPC and the Heartland Rugby, where it, like it always used to be. Nothing has to change at the top, but that's where you'll find your golden nuggets. But we move on. We move on to one big question. The Warriors will play year number three, and they've said it already. They'll play, be based in Redcliffe, home of the 17th franchise, new one, the Dolphins. Have you guys lost your connection with the Warriors being your league team, Kimberly? Uh, yes, sadly. It's, I mean, it's a hard one. I, I like watching league as a casual fan, regardless of, of who's playing, really. Um, I think it's unfortunate for the Warriors. It's obviously through no fault of their own, but I think there has been a little loss of connection in saying that. I also think that once they return home, that'll be regained very, very quickly. I do think it's a bit of a temporary thing, but unfortunately, I do think for me, it's a little bit of out of sight, out of mind. All these players now playing for the club who, who haven't even played at Mount Smart yeah. Stadium before, it just it, it, it's hard to, to generate a kind of following when that is the case, unfortunately. But like I say, I do think... In time, when they come back, a lot of those connections will be re-established very, very quickly. Jeffrey, completely agree with Kimberly. I think you know it's tough to um, to generate that uh, that support and that continued interest amongst your local fan base when you're you know, you're simply not at home. Um, but I, I do think that this experience for those players, like Kimberly said, that haven't played at Mount Smart, haven't been in Auckland, haven't been training here and out in the community and, and meeting uh, meeting the fans face-to-face. I think the fact that they've been through some, some pretty tough times and done the hard yards, like I think that's going to put some of these young kids in, some pre- in pretty good stead you know, going forward because 
it's extraordinary times. And, and um, you know, the Warriors um, have, have, have had up and down seasons, as we know, another one. But I think you have to put a lot of that down to the fact that they were playing in Australia. So when they come back, a lot to look forward to, a lot of talent there. Uh, and, and as I say, I think um, this whole experience will, will, uh, will do the club well. Okay, well, that's where we wrap the ra- uh, nice, nice thoughts, by the way, to, from the both of you. That's where we'll wrap the panel on this Friday. Uh, the wh- whisper on the street, Jeff McTainch, is that you're heading to Beijing for the uh, Winter Olympics. Is that is there a <laughs> truth to the rumor? Yeah, there is truth. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I got uh, I got the call up um, a month or so ago. So uh, yeah, I'll have to to wrap up warm and take the puffer jacket. But no, I, I went to the Rio Olympics, was lucky enough to go there with, um, with MediaWorks, and, and so I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to, to completing the set, as it were, and, and getting over and, um, and getting stuck in. Are you going, Kimberly, or have you, have you missed, the, missed that ticket? Uh, I've, I've missed that ticket, unfortunately, this time, but I was lucky enough um, to go to the Winter Games in Pyeongchang a few years ago, yeah, yeah. and it's heck of an experience um so jeff i suspect you will be having it's the time of your life and we're lucky at the moment because we've got some fantastic young snow sports stars uh, who i think are going to do us very proud he won't be having a great time he'll be working his ass off it's as simple as that (laughs) (laughs) i'll be talking to you you'll be hosting from back here won't you yeah i'm just telling you how much you're going to be working all right you two kimberly downs thanks so much jeff have a great weekend 10.40 10.40 here on SNZ Morning with Stephen McIver. That was the panel, Kimberly Dance from TVNZ, Jeff McTainch from Sky Spot. But we did talk about the Warriors, and that's what our, our theme has been. If you want to win the book this morning, they both said they'd lost their connection with the Warriors because they're going into year three playing and living in Australia. So if you want to win one of those two books, one by Greg Paul about Steve Hansen and one by Ricky Swinell, our very own SNZ, about Bodie Barrett, then give me a call right now, 0800-150811. That's 0800-150811. Tell me what you think about the Warriors. Has your connection gone? Someone says, you know, Stephen, since the Warriors have had to move overseas, it's only made me more of a diehard supporter. It's a real shame they've had to move around so much. I really think it's hindered them. If they were able to have one base the whole time, I think we win most of those tight games we lost. Letting John Acklin go was the biggest mistake the Warriors ever made. Still, to this day, he is a master coach and astute talent coach. Oh, yes, indeed, you are so right. If you agree with that, if you disagree with that, 0800-150-811, 0800-150-811. And remember, before midday, we give away that temper pillow with $219, that's $299, with the text of the week here on SCNZ. We're filling in for Smithy today. If you want a chance to win the two books that we're giving away, the number is 0800-150-811. It's all about the Warriors and whether you've lost your connection or not. Uh, Stephen, I was surprised to hear that Ivan was so close to coming back to the Warriors, but we went with Kearney. I am starting to lose my connection with the Warriors due to some of the top-level choices. I wonder what Graham from Dunedin thinks. Morning, Graham. Good morning. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about John Acklin, top man, top coach, top school teacher. His uncle Ron was a very good Kiwi, I remember, in, in the 50s. Yeah, he was, um, was very good. Yeah, now, I'd also like to speak to Smithy sometime, if given because uh, I was at school with Don Cameron, we opened for the first 11, he spoke about him some time ago. Yeah, no, that's that fine, but what, what's, your, up with Smithy? What's, what's your thoughts on the, the Warriors? Have you, are you a Warriors supporter? Have you still got a connection with them at all? Yeah, I was the first one down south to join the Warriors when they started back in the early 90s, years ago. Would you would you, and, uh, would you would you would you have kept Ivan Cleary? Rugby league for some time. 
I learned when I was over in Aussie. I hadn't seen it before, but it helped me with coaching uh, rugby union. After I coached rugby league, I had 23 seasons of coaching first 15 rugby in the wow. Auckland, Canterbury, Otago, and, Nelson, uh, and, and uh, Tasman. Graham, what part of coaching rugby league helped you in rugby union? Well, I think it was it was the back play, the way they passed and moved the ball. Um, it, it was a big help. Uh, when I started playing rugby, if it locked forward, got the ball, the first thing you did is the damn ball away. And then they started running with it, and it, it's changed our, it changed uh, our rugby union game, and so much have done that. And uh, I really enjoyed my coaching rugby league. I had uh, three years in uh, in Sydney and a year up in Queensland. It was good. Nice, mate. Appreciate the insights on that one too. Graham, you're in the draw to win those two books, one by Gregor Paul about Steve Hansen, or Sir Steve, and one about Bodie. Uh, written by our very own SENZ and Ricky Swinnell. Uh, just another couple of points here, and one from uh, Brent in Brisbane, who's listening. G'day, mate. Hope you're well. Unfortunately, never had a connection with the Warriors. Crusaders and ABs all the way. You see, it, what, I don't know what it is about people and the Crusaders, but they take the Crusaders wherever they go. My my nephew works for the the Chiefs in marketing, right? And, I, and he saw me promote um, Super Rugby Old Picky the other day. He said, what's going on? I said, I thought you were league. I said, no, I started doing rugby. My first um, rugby memory, actually, is a Counties Waikato Ranfilly Shield Challenge at the old rugby park, 18-all draw. And I've still got the ticket stub. So I think he owes me a Chiefs jersey when it comes down to it. A lovely text here when we're talking to Emma Twig this morning. And it is simply about uh, Emma Twig. And I talked to her about being a hero rather than a role model. And Jeremy texted and said, as a parent of a seven-year-old girl, hero is the perfect word for Emma. Persistence, hard work, and always with a smile and good humor. Can only hope that my little one will emulate that. Because I think we use that that whole idea of, you know, uh, role model too easily. Anyway, we're going to get going in a minute. Uh, Louis Herman Watt and our friend from the TRB coming shortly, 10 to 11 on SENZ Mornings. Racing's biggest fan. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what Louis feels like after a morning uh, doing bears and Izzy, but he's in the studio right now. Big weekend of racing, bud. Working working with a couple of stallions <laughs> like uh, Bears and Izzy, a couple of champion sires. Oh, please um, get on with it, Stephen. Get on with it, so, please. Look, there's plenty going on. So you like the you like the petrol racing, right? I like I like all, all sport, but I do like the petrol racing. Yeah, you love it, and um, I love the horsepower, the true horsepower. Isn't that criminal? They stole that saying literally from race, horse racing. Oh, get off! Get it off! Get the chip off your shoulder and tell us what's going on. <laughs> so we got man. the Caulfield Cup. <laughs> oh wow! The Caul- yeah, yeah, yeah. See? Caulfield Cup and Caulfield, yeah. obviously, at in Flemington. Uh, sorry, in Victoria, and then up in Sydney, we've got this guy Peter Volandis, who's obviously the godfather of league. Yeah, Roger that. And he's gone. You know what? Stuff the Caulfield Cup. We're going to launch this ten million dollar race with the Everest on the yeah. same day. Eyeballs, money, cash. He's a godfather, isn't he? Yeah. So he's gone and done that. And Steve Hansen, who you would have heard in that promo, well, he's got a horse called Nature Strip that runs around in the Everest. He's got it with his mates. He's going up. And today, this time, James McDonald does the riding. Kiwi Connections everywhere, trained by Chris Waller. It's the favourite, and it's going to go very, very, very close. Well, so what's his the winner get out of the Everest? Oh, he's going to say maybe like four. And Steve's having Steve share. There's five of them in it. Oh, okay. 
so I that's, think. That's not bad. So if you can pull, pull close to a mill out of that, you oh, Especially when you're yeah. also freelancing with the Bulldog, some Japanese club. No, no, no you're not doing the Bulldogs anymore. Got the uh, punt. Cash checks. Got the punt. He's fine. Don't worry about him. And then back here, we've got the Livermore Classic at Hastings, and that's another Group 1. Yep. As I said to yesterday with Smithy, not a Group 1 starter actually lining up in this, a Group 1 winner lining up in this race. So, so we're going to have a new first-time Group 1 winner. So open slather, right? Happy days all around. Is that it? You're done. Wow, that was easy. Am I done, John? Yeah, you're done. Oh, actually, I've had enough of you already. Uh, love Racing Update with Louis Herman Watt. <laughs> You're home for everything thoroughbred racing. Loveracing.nz. Time to go to the TAB. Is it Pip? Have got Pip this morning? Hey, Pip. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, good morning to you. And looking forward to the weekend. Just heard Louis talking about the Livermore at Hastings. All right, well, f- well f- f- share everything with me. Well, we've got plenty to look forward to. We've got the bonus back, Bliss. So the first four races at the four meetings, Hastings, Ashburton, Caulfield and Randwick over the weekend. You can place a bet and if your runner finishes second, third or fourth, you'll get a $30 bonus bet uh, back into your account or up to $30. And more to look forward to as well. On those big races, there's some power plays as well that you can check out there into like the Caulfield Cup. You've got a couple of the favourites there, incentivised. And Delphi to finish top four at three dollars. That's a, a really good way to play it. And even the Kiwi there, the chosen one to run top four too, with the favourite at around eight dollars incentivised to win and him to run top four. So a really nice shopping if you want to look at those power plays. And the Livermore one should be out around midday. Okay, thanks, Pip. I appreciate that. By the way, I thought power plays were only only that you're allowed those in the NHL. Only had power plays in the National Hockey League. But okay, so you got power plays as well. So okay, news to me, Pip. Have a great weekend, and you can catch the best of live racing. Download the TAB app today. Uh, watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. And please, please gamble responsibly. R18. <laughs> you know what R18 means. Uh, just a reminder, coming your way after 11 o'clock this morning on SENZ Mornings, going to talk to one of the greatest thinkers in sport going around. Been around a while. He's a knight now. Sir Ian Taylor from Animation Research in Dunedin. We're going to talk to him about how he's convinced the government to have a private MIQ facility and show them it can work so businesses can get back to business if they have to work offshore. And also the fact, too, that he works with the biggest companies, the biggest companies in sports television globally, and he all does that out of Dunedin. He is an incredibly intelligent man and is a whole lot of fun. And your chance to be a winner as well. Uh, don't forget, if you want to win one of those, both those books, that's right, both the books, call me after 11 on 0800 150 That's 150 811. All right, Karen has just wandered in. She's sashayed beforehand. She just wandered in that time. She'll update us the latest in news and sport around the world, and then we'll get back to it. SCNZ Mornings with Stephen Sitting Sitting for Smithy. Back shortly. Day or night, summer or winter, he's the sound of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ. Three minutes past 11, Stephen McIver sitting in for Smithy today. Smithy having a, a well-earned break, and he deserves it too, so I hope you are well. Wherever you're languishing in the bay, uh, that is Smithy, uh, one of the greatest thinkers, I think, in modern-day New Zealand is Sir Ian Taylor. He'll scoff at that, but he should he should take this one on the chin because he's been able to convince the New Zealand government to have his own private MIQ, so he and many others can show that they can do business safely in this COVID world. And if you want an introduction, I got a text in just a minute ago that says, Sir Ian Taylor, legend, should be running the country. Hello, Sir Ian. How are you? 
God, what a thought. <laughs> we're doing that pretty fast. <laughs> well, no, well, you know, well, I think what people are lacking and they want is clear thought and clear direction. And I, I must say, my friend, you, you do give incredible clear thought and, and nuance to what's going on. How the hell did you convince the government to allow you to do a private MIQ test? Well, um, I got the opportunity just to, you know, say what I liked. Um, Shane Curry from Ended Me called me up and said, look, I'm watching what you're saying. He, the paper's yours. <laughs> Gee, what do I do? Hmm. So I just started open letters to the Prime Minister, really. And that started with the idea that, you know, we're all very proud of you know, all the concept of the team of five million. And the team of five million, the run-on team, was a team that went on because we knew we had never played this other team before that the clear strategy that the team had was it would attack the health of our people. So the run-on team was perfect. Um, doctors, you know, specialists in, in epidemiology, all of those. I think in hindsight, as I look at it now, we made a mistake, and again, we should always learn from those. We should have been focused on saving lives and livelihoods. That two run together, and we've been focused solely on lives. And so what we've seen is there's another strategy that this, um, this team called COVID had that we hadn't seen was that it was slowly infecting the businesses that actually fund the team of 5 million. And that, 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 that the reserves to help with that were sitting on the bench and they now needed to be called on. And that's how I started. And I, and I think it was probably a very clear picture. It says, you know, you had a run-on team. It's done a great job. So imagine the All Blacks. And there was that wonderful test against South Africa, you know, where her to us to buy came on with just a few minutes to go, won the won the penalty, gave it to one of the starting lineup, kicked the goal and we won. So everyone understands that concept and I think maybe that's what's resonated. And the and the bench is ready to run on. Okay, so in simple terms, how do you see your trial working to show the government that it can be done safely by responsible businesses? Well, see, I've just got off the phone now. What has happened is that it's actually now I'm just uh, having opened this door, the bench, all of the bench has stepped up. So in the space of 48 hours, I'm looking at a 30-page document that has been prepared. And what happens now is that while I was running it on my own, I now can sit back here and on Tuesday, I will ring one phone number and say, I am going to the States and I will be flying back in on X date. And within the next half hour, I will get a message that says, the car will pick you. Here's what you need to do while you're traveling. The, the coat, we will assume you have COVID when you land. The car will pick you up at this door at the airport. You will be taken to this location. And when you arrive, there will be these antigen tests sitting there. There'll, so the whole process has happened. A system has happened in 48 hours that, doesn't need anyone going into MIQ. It is an overkill system because I think what we will prove as we go on is that actually I didn't even need to do that. You know, all I needed to do was come in double vaccinated and with no um, yeah. no test for COVID and I'm fine. I should be able to go home. Who's and funding even if it? I go home for three days. Who's funding it? We're funding it all. It's being funded privately. Okay. I'm paying for all my bits and yeah. No, I think. That's, that's, that's the only way you can move stuff forward fast. I mean, if we had to ask the government to fund, it would be probably next year before we got approval. 
Well, I mean, great effort. I mean, fantastic effort, mate. And I, and I think it's people like you that need to, to need to show the way because there is a lot of, as you understand, yep. frustrated people out there. Let's move forward, though, because we're talking sport and you are dealing with the biggest players in the game, right? The, the likes of Fox Sport and beyond. Talk to me about why animation researchers tools are so good that it grabbed the attention of these American players? Well, actually, I can just, you know, talk, talking to that test that, that I'm going on, um, this, this gives you a really good comparison. So I'm going flying to LA and I'll be going to meet with Fox Sports. And um, I just rang them now and um, they said, oh, yeah, cool, that's great. And they joked. They said, so have you got a way home? We understand you can get out, but you can't get back. And they think that's really funny, you know. Yeah. But we're we're actually, we were the leaders, and now everyone's going, this is weird. You can get out, but you can't get home. Mm. So I've told them about this. But actually, basically, they said, well, here's the line. When you get here, when you come into the foyer, you'll be met, and you'll be antigen tested, and that'll take 10 minutes. And once you're cleared, you can come into the office. But every day when you come in, that's what you'll do. So those are the kind of processes that are happening. Um, so that gives an example. But I guess um, it, it comes back to this Kiwi thing. Um, we have these clients, and, and it, it does have to do with the travel. The first thing that they always said was, you're too far away. Love your stuff. But, man, how do we deal with And we just said, that's not your problem, that's ours. Whenever you need us at the table, we're there. And they never quite believed us. And now it's just a standing joke that, you know, you ring up ARL and somebody will be in your office faster than you know, mm. someone from across town. <laughs> so that was really, really important. And then we built these relationships of trust with them. So some of these contracts we've had for 20, 20 years, you know, and they don't, they just rewrite them. But why are you better and, than the rest? Um, why are you better than the rest? Why is a little company out of Dunedin showing computer computerised graphics, whatever you want to call it in modern terminology, being picked up by the biggest players in global sport? I think well, there's some really good, there's some really good stuff being done. So I think the answer to that is that these big players Again, I think they really like the Kiwi attitude that there's no such thing as can't do. You know, we, it's always can do, and it's always done quite fast. And to give you an example, we were talking to Major League Baseball about, you know, they've got games running now. I walked past our boardroom yesterday, and I looked and I saw one of the guys standing in the middle, walking around, pointing at something. I looked up on the big screen behind, and there he was in our boardroom, and here was the whole stadium in front of him, and he was pointing out the balls that were being pitched live from the stadium coming into this office from America last night, yesterday. And, and I've just walked into another office, and one of my guys is reading his emails, and I've got, looked at this thing, and here's the golf, the cut, some Chatham cup or something. It's on live at the moment, and he's running that while he's doing his emails, <laughs> and, and he's doing it in his office. And I think it's that attitude... Everybody's at, our, our team is always excited about using data to tell stories, and I think maybe that's the difference. We love telling stories, and it's not about the graphics. The graphics are a tool that is designed to tell stories, and if you find a story that you don't have a graphic to tell, you build the graphic. When, when, did, when did you figure this was the way to go? How long ago when you said, you know what, I can make telly look better by doing this, sports telly? Oh, mate. That's, that's a no-brainer. Remember when, I can remember when New Zealand got into the America's Cup and we used to watch it. And it was like, you know, it, 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 as, a, as a, an event for television, 
it was designed by somebody who liked to watch paint dry. Yeah. Remember those yeah. days? Yes, I do. I do. It was a hard watch. <laughs> four, four hours of watching the paint dry. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, and, and you know, the, the young university students, we just, we'd only just started. And I called Jeff Weibel, their professor, and we just said, if we're going to have to watch this, can, you, can we at least show how, who's in front? Oh, yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. And it just started from there. You know, we started from, let's at least show people who's in front. That simple. All right, and it's gone. It's gone on now that you have arguments with people about uh, copyright. Did you ever, you know, if you remember, we t- we talked about this on a daily basis about the graphics uh, yeah. that was going on with the America's Cup. Did you win that battle in the end uh, with uh, Sir Russell Coates? Well, yes and no. Um, we we got a bit. The, the the German company that was in charge of all the broadcast. They we said that we we were pretty sure that um, Russell would would try it on no matter what. Um, we knew that we got around all of the all of the patent things. We'd spent, you know, a year and a half doing that and half a million dollars. And so, but we said to the, the German company, if he sues, you've got to take full responsibility. We're not having anything to do with it. And if you don't do that, you can't have the graphics. So anyway, they agreed to that. And so when Russell did his deed, um, it went off with the Germans and it was totally out of our hands. And then what we finally found out when, when it was settled was they'd done a deal with Russell. As part of that deal, they got to do his event, the Sale GP. Mm. And we we were told we were allowed to use our graphics, <laughs> but only for this event. So at the moment, you know, it hasn't advanced. I mean, wow. we're confident, you know, we're going to move on. You know, we're we're going to keep going. but. It didn't really help us much. Okay, all right. Well, um, I just one quick question, one final question, because I've got to keep moving this morning, Ian, and I appreciate your time. Where's the next cup? What's your what's your gut? What's, what, what's your gut feel? Come <laughs> on, gut feel. Where, where, where's what going? The, the next America's Cup. Where does it go? Um, well, probably all I can say <laughs> is that we are involved. We are involved in doing visualizations for the op- some of the options. And they're really spectacular. <laughs> and you know, to put it in context, to put it in context, you know, um, I've always argued that for New Zealand, it's better to be in the hub of of where businesses do things. And that you know, I know Valencia and San Francisco would, for New Zealand, were for New Zealand technology and business were the best opportunities. You know, we had Google turning up, you had YouTube, you had it just it shifts New Zealand to this really smart, smart country level in oh, a way that... Are, are, are you telling me San Fran's popped back up? No, San Fran has not. I can't say that. San Fran has not popped back up. <laughs> but, but, but those are, you, You're a trier, Sam. You're a trier. Um, I've but, been told that many the times. Options, <laughs> the options... The options do look really, really good. All right, mate. I appreciate your your time. I I love the story about your company. You deserve everything that goes with it. Thanks for your time. Have a great weekend, buddy. Thanks, then. Bye-bye. So Ian Taylor from Animation Research, she just wouldn't wouldn't tell me. I bet she's got an idea because I said to her when we were setting the interview up, I said, do you know what's going on? She says, ah, yeah, there might 
something else might have popped up. You know, it's just what it is. 11.15 here on SCNZ Mornings. Stephen McIver sitting for Smithy. Don't forget, if you want to win one of those two books, you can call now if you like on 0800 150811. Tell me what you think about the Warriors. Have you lost your connection? What do you think about animation research in the America's Cup? Men's Netball, anything. Anything you want to talk about, you can do that next because we're also going to give away the prize for our text of the week, that temper pillow, valued at $299. So the number is this. Get on it now if you want to be a winner. 0800 150 811 on SENZ. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, you're in safe hands. It's Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 11.21 with Stephen McIver in for Smithy. Time to give away our text of the week prize, which is the temper pillow worth $299. And of course, the best, best text of the month is going to win that temper queen package, including the temper queen mattress, temper queen adjustable base, and two temper pillows valued at $10,000. How good. So thanks for all the texts that have come in uh, this past week. And I'm saying thanks on behalf of Smithy. Uh, the likes of uh, Reed and, and David and, and Chris and the likes of Peter. But this is the winning text of the week. And it goes to PD in Auckland, but who texted this in? He goes, Smithy, as a long-time suffering Warriors supporter, I think a second NRL team here in New Zealand would be amazing. 18,000 at Mount Smart is only second to 40,000 Eden Park. However, unfortunately, I don't think there's any way New Zealand business could sustain or support another NRL team. We can barely keep comps like the NPC, domestic cricket and netball afloat and relevant with the New Zealand sporting public. We also don't have the club infrastructure in any sport here like they do in Australia to assist with the operating costs of a franchise. Examples, leagues, clubs, property ownership, investment portfolio, yada, yada, yada. It's a real shame. It is a real shame, and I actually think you're on the money. I don't I, I don't think that we have the capacity for another NRL team when you consider that maybe only, and this is pretty close to fact, two or three or four of the 16 clubs make a profit. That's it. And you want another team in? Really? I know there is this desire to have one in Wellington, the Orcas franchise. I think you're dreaming. And you're allowed to dream. It's okay. Now, if you're going to get hundreds of millions of dollars of support from the NRL, fine, give it a nudge. But it's not a bottomless pit at all. If you had a thought on that, 0800 150 811. That's 0800 150 811. Congratulations to you, PD. That temper pillow valued at $299. It's all yours to rest your weary head on and have that beautiful sleep. 11.23. G'day, Bruce. Stephen, hey, mate. Interesting uh, subject, this one. Look, I I was at the first game. I lived in Auckland 10 years. I was at that first game in 95. Uh, where they took Brisbane close, and they had some great um, players in there, right across the board, from Dean Bell to Alexander to, you know. It's, it's, and I believe to win titles, you have to you have to have goals, and you have to work on them and aim high to achieve them. You've got to have a whole lot of things that have to align. You, you have to have stars. You've got to have. Um, you've got to be ruthless as a coach. There's just a whole lot of things, and I believe the Warriors had opportunities uh, through the years. 
and and then they make poor decisions. They've let their top coaches go. All that sort of thing. And you know as much as me that that's what has happened. Probably over the last five or six years, I thought the only way the Warriors could really succeed was actually have a full base, full-time base in Australia. Oh, wow. And I said that to okay. me and my colleagues. Because we could not obtain some of those clever top Australian players that were ruthless and rugged, um, real, real top players yeah. because they didn't want to come over here in the cold climate and so on. I, I get that, Bruce, and I, and I think you're, you're on the money with everything you say, right? And because there's always been a hesitation mm. to come across to New Zealand because we're hunting basically a lot of Australians, although if you look at the makeup now, the team is a lot of New Zealanders who are living in Australia. That's all well and good, but yes. the key has always been success and then the person who is coaching the team. Now, if they had left Ivan Cleary in charge, I think we'd be having a different conversation yes. right now because he needed we time. Remembering, yep. he was still a very young coach at the time and had a very good roster. When they made the grand final back in, uh, he was playing in 202, 211, so, yep. the one key yep. element in all of this was consistency of performance and no injuries. You ask any NRL coach, if his team is fit and firing... And for the majority of the season, you're going to make great gains. But the the bonkers decisions they made in letting him go, and then putting unproven people in because we needed a New Zealand coach. And I think I think I think I think that thinking is flawed. I don't think you need a New Zealand coach. Now there'll be those that say I'm wrong, and that's and you're entitled to that opinion. But you've got to have a coach. See, I would have thought if they were smart. Stacey Jones was showing signs of being a very good coach, winning the Toyota Cup back in 2011, the only team that won when we had all, right. th- when they had all three teams in the grand final. But what happened? Nothing. He'd coached Point Chevalier to success, went to the Toyota Cup, got success straight away in his first year. So there was something there. So it's the identification of talent from the top that was severely lacking and continues. And now, look, I don't know. I don't know Nathan Brown. I've interviewed him a couple of times on various platforms. Sounds like a really good bloke. Is he the right guy? I don't know because they will always be judged by their results, and that's how brutal it should be. So, my question then to you is: Is your connection still there? And if they if they stay Nozzy, and I and I hope they don't. I'll be blunt with you. I hope they don't. And they won't because, you know, a lot of money is paid for them to be a New Zealand-based team for a New Zealand audience. Do you still have your connection? Well, well, I, I, I appreciate good competition and good sport. And because I'm a Kiwi and it's a New Zealand team, uh, and that's another whole uh, discussion whether it should be New Zealand team and not an Auckland team. But, yeah, I do still have a connection. The thing is, the last two years, it's been out of their control. You know, the C word has, has unfortunately put a lot of things in the way. Um, it, and the, the other thing that irks me a bit is how is, is the marketing of, of the team. And What don't you like about it? Playing, well, they started sending games away here to Christchurch or wherever it was. I'm in Christchurch, sure, and I went to the Manly game, yep. I think, last year or the year before. The Penrith one before and that. And had a great win, but, but I don't know. You, If you have a base, a home base, you've got to make it a fortress. I agree. I, I, gr- I agree completely. lost that opportunity 
at times as well. Drop, drop calling them the New Zealand Warriors. I mean, I understand. Yeah, for sure. I understand why they did that, and it was a very smart tool to to embrace the country. But you know, there That's are so right. many options now. Just call them the Warriors. Don't give them a, a a a a provincial name. Just call them the Warriors as the new team. The Dolphins are going to be called the Dolphins, right? And just leave it at that because people are so engaged with them already. They just want to be able to go to them. So if you went to Christchurch, you go to New Plymouth or whatever, uh, the Warriors yeah. are coming. And, and the Warriors are coming to town. It doesn't matter. I, I think there is there is a place to sometimes give them one or two games. And maybe I think the key part is if it's an away game, so you, you convince a team that's got an away game or a home game to come over here. And sure, you're going to have to stump up some money, but everybody wins in that one. You know, Bruce, your conversation with me this morning has been so good. Your you're you're taking those two books away the steve hansen book and the birdie book they are yours mate okay that that's outstanding hey look one more thing you better be quick i still feel so sad for simon mannering (laughs) i really do uh so so do i mate uh i i i feel sad for him that he never won a comp but i tell you what everybody talks to me about stacy jones being the, the 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 real legend of the club you see maybe for me it will always be Simon Mannering, and that's where I will leave that one. Bruce, congratulations. Absolutely. You are a winner. The boys will talk to you about those books, and uh, have a great afternoon. Great talk, Stephen. Yeah, likewise, Thank mate. I really much. appreciate the conversation. Uh, yep. 0800-150811. 0800-150811. If you want to get on to the uh, Smithies, Stumped by Smithy, that is coming up shortly. The number 0800-150811, and sure enough, the phones go crazy. So Smithy, you must know about it all the time, Friday, 11.30, or every day, every day at 11.30. So Stumped by Smithy, it'll be Stumped by Stephen today, uh, which probably wouldn't be too hard. So uh, stick around, all right? We're back in a minute, but your chance to be stumped next on SCNZ. Ian Smith's had a good match here. Stumped by Smithy. Ian Smith really is top class at his job. Ian Smith certainly is, but so is Stephen McIver having an absolute <laughs> rip-roaring show so far, Stephen. Yeah. Getting Ivan Cleary. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah. mates, friends, contacts, that's how it really, The old black book you don't tell anyone about. You know the story? Oh, yeah, the absolutely. The old black book. Yes, yes, and we know someone who had the best black, black, black book in the business, we Stephen, do. John I, I, Matheson. I, I, miss, I miss Matho dearly every day. Yeah. No, a lot of us do. So, mate, you're doing him <laughs> proud with your contacts, mate, no doubt about that. I don't I don't know if I'm going to do him proud now when it comes to a quiz, though. I'm pretty average. Exactly. Well, there's some things you're very good at, Stephen, and some things you're not. So maybe we'll find out <laughs> wow. and maybe we won't. Fire some bullets early, man. <laughs> Because we've got Brad from Dunedin. He's called through. G'day, Brad. How are we, Tate? Yeah, yeah, good, mate. We're doing very well. Now, normally it's Smithy, and he stumps quite a few people, but also he has his kryptonite as well when it comes to sporting categories. I think yesterday was maybe Formula One or tennis, and he didn't know any, but our oh, caller still won. Two of my favourites, That too, is man. the beauty of this game. So, Brad, you know how it works. You get three sporting categories. You choose one of them, then get three questions. If you get them all right, you win some sleep drops and 50 bucks from the TAB. But if you get one wrong then Stephen can come in and stump you, and if he gets it right, you leave with nothing. So you're ready to play, Brad? Yep, sure am. Yeah, you're good, mate. Don't panic. Don't panic. <laughs> All right, Brad, your sports today are rugby union, rugby league, and basketball. What are you going to go for? Oh, rugby union, please. Rugby union. What do you think of that, Stephen McIver? I'm done. You're a winner already. <laughs> All right. And those sleep drops, of course, courtesy of sleep Congratulations, drops. Congratulations. Early. New Zealand's Sorry, only mate. specialist range of sleep and stress support supplements. Let's get started. 
I like playing down, you know, your knowledge of rugby union, Stephen. I do. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks. Yeah, uh, right. Hang right. me out to dry. Let's go. All right, Brad. Question number one. Which provincial rugby team holds the record for the most points scored in a single season? Whoa. Have to go Auckland. One of the worst things I have ever oh, seen done on a cricket field. Auckland is not correct, Brad. So, Stephen, a chance for a stumping here. Which provincial rugby team holds the record for the most points scored in a single season? There's no caveat of what division it is, right? It's, that's the question. That's uh, where okay, it is. Okay, so since I was looking at uh, Izzy's foot this morning, even though I thought he said it was purple and black, I'm saying Canterbury. Feet everywhere. Body nowhere, and uh, the rest of him on the way back to the pavilion. Not correct either. It is not Canterbury, and Israel Daggerby dirty on that. He's Hawks Bay when it comes to his province. What's and the we're answer? talking provincial rugby here. It was the Otago team of 1998. That brilliant Otago team. Shield challenge against Canterbury at Lancaster Park? Oh, yeah, that was a rip. Was that, that the was, one? That was 1994. Oh, was okay. that, that oh, game, shit. and that okay, was a beauty. Sorry. So, 521 <laughs> points Otago scored that wow. team in 1998. When you got Jeff Wilson and John Timu <laughs> out wide, and John Leasley pulling the strings with Tony <laughs> oh, Brown. Oh, my God. You're going to score a lot of points. What aren't a team. You, Brad? What aren't a team. You, Brad? That was your team. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's an excuse then. Oh, but your, your dad should probably tell you about that team of 1998 anyway. So it's something you can do oh, in the future. Yeah. Question number two. Yeah. There's a lot of Manawatu chat on this station between 12 and 4. How many NPC titles have Manawatu won? Zero. One of the worst things I have oh. ever seen done on a cricket field. Not correct. Stephen McIver, you better not be Googling the answer here. No, not how, at all. How many titles, NPC titles, have Manawatu won? Uh, cripes. Uh, NPC. One. That's a couple of chips down the wicket. Right in the <laughs> slot. And away it goes. Oh, he has stumped you. Yeah, Stephen McIver has stumped you on rugby, Brad. Total guess. They have won one in 1980. Oh, yeah, again before my time. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mine was a guess. Don't feel bad about this, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, Brad. I Try again next right, week, though. mate. Yeah, we'll do. Cheers, guys. Good man, Brad. Good man. <laughs> oh, Stephen McKay. Win a well chicken dinner, well, baby. So, but it's not over yet, Stephen. Oh, okay. We're going to the deep south. We're going to Reed, and he knows a lot about rugby. Oh. So, Reed, you're going to have one question to win some sleep drops and also that 50 oh. bucks from the TAB. All right, very good, thanks, uh, John. No worries, mate. I've cut the music because this is serious now. One question for all the glory. <laughs> Between 2008 and 2017, Canterbury won nine out of ten titles in the MPC. Which province won in the year the Red and Blacks didn't? I'm going to say Waikato. One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Not correct. So between 2008 and 2017, Stephen, Canterbury won nine out of ten titles. Another province won one title in there. Who was that province? To oh, deny Reed oh the glory of the sleep drops and the 50 bucks from the TAB. He said Waikato, right? He, he did. said Waikato. I'm torn. Okay. I'm torn, but I'm going to go uh, Wellington. On. One of the worst things oh, well, I have ever seen 
done on a cricket field. We all know Wellington wins nothing. 2000 when Wellington last won, it was Taranaki in 2014. So oh. well done, Reed oh. from Gore. You've got a question wrong, but you're a winner here on SENZ. <laughs> 50 bucks from the TAB and Sleep Drops Daytime Revive. Try sleepdrops.co.nz. All ages, lifestyle stages, sleeping challenges, but also read the label, Reed, and take as directed Sleep Drops Auckland. Well done, mate. Thanks very much, Gores. Much appreciated. Yeah, no, good. good. Well done, buddy. Appreciate that. Thanks very much. I'm 50%, which means I can play finals in the NRL, so I'm okay with that one. (laughs) But next time, pick something a little more exciting, like, you know, F1 or motorsport or league or tennis or, you know, let's let's mix it up, mate. Have a great weekend. Congratulations. Cheers, guys. Thank you. I should have known that. I actually should have known that because I remember when they won it, they went crazy down there, absolutely crazy. Oh, it is what it is, 11.39 here on SNZ Mornings. There's John's five minutes. It's probably the most popular five minutes on the show anyway, John. The the phone's lit up. Stick around. We're going to talk to uh, Michael Guerin shortly, bit of a harness racing, harness racing right here on SNZ. He's the voice of sport in New Zealand. Nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. 11.44 with Stephen McCarver, just about done for the day. Thanks to you for uh, texting, but also more importantly, calling in and having a bit of fun this morning. Time to have a bit of fun with the Aston Martin driving Mr Pretty, uh, Michael Guerin, the co-host of the Mail Run on Saturday mornings at 8am and Trots Talk on Sunday at midday. Hello, mate. Stephen, you know the last time we broadcast together, you and I were standing in the middle of Mount Smart Stadium with Chook, and we were previewing <laughs> the Warriors game, and I was working for the TAB. Yeah, that's um, how, how bad have things come for us that we haven't had any footy at Mount Smart well, Stadium well, well, for well, the Warriors for two years? I know, mate. I miss, <laughs> I miss it dearly, but not part of my brief anymore, but it is what it is. Mate, um... You're still pretty, we know that, because you keep telling me that. Uh, but a huge meeting at Addington tonight. What can we look forward to? And and look, if you want me to go and have a coffee now, I'll, I'll, I'll go and do it, OK? Yes, yeah, Stephen, leave me in charge of this, brother. This uh, all right, off you go, then. Show pony. Hunt racing's really big tonight at Addington, so there's a massive trotting race, and usually pacing races are bigger than trotting races because they are the horses who race in the New Zealand Cup. There's a good pacing race tonight, race eight, but there's only five horses in it. Two of them are the favourites for that IRT New Zealand Cup on November the 9th, South Coast Arden and Self Assured. So whatever they do tonight is going to affect that market for the New Zealand Cup quite dramatically. There's a standing start advantage for South Coast Arden. He's up a 10-minute handicap, Self Assured, of 20. So that'll be cool. But that's the entree, entree for the main. It's race eight at 7.39. Mm-hmm. The big dance tonight is race nine, this is the best field of trotters assembled in Australasia in 2021. It is outstanding. Headlined by Sunday's Sun, there's Majestic Man. They are the two big guns. They've dominated on both sides of the Tasman for the last 18 months. But the pretenders to the crown are all there for the first time ever. Ultra Brilliance, Muscle Mountain, Oscar Bonavina. This is the first time these five horses have met in a race. And speaking to some of the big names in harness racing over the last week, they said this could be the start of a great era for trotters in this country. It could be the strongest era we've had in 25 years. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool, right? When people get excited about something and just not just turn up to do what they do, that they genuinely get excited that, hey, we are on the cusp. Well, 
you know, even when you watch a lot of sport or a lot of, of racing or whatever, mm. you know when you're watching Nadal play Federer. It's different. It, 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 you have a different height. And nice work, yeah. And I don't get, I don't get tr- tremendously dramatic about racing because I know that there's some, some great races and there's some functional races which you need to do with a bit on. This is the start of a great era of racing. Now, this is not a huge race. It's fairly grand, but it's a big race. But it's the first time that I've met and these horses will meet again in a couple of weeks and during the Cup Carnival, hopefully in front of a big crowd. And potentially trotters race a lot more than gallopers. They might be banging heads of these horses six or eight times a season. And it's really cool. And they've got different strengths. And some of them are younger than the others. So they're coming through and you're not sure how much they're going to catch up or even surpass the other horses. So I think Sunday's son, this is race nine tonight at Addington, might be fit enough to get him out winning, Stephen. But mm-hmm. it's a, it, it is a truly exciting and great race. On a big weekend of racing, this is the best race in New Zealand. So if you find yourself a bit bored, which is more than likely at the moment, you can park yourself in front of the TV. If you're going to gamble, gamble responsibly. But between sort of 7.30 yeah. and 8.30 tonight, Stephen, there's a couple of really proper horse races hey, to kickstart. The hey, what's, what's crowds going to look like for uh, Cup Week? <laughs> Hopeful. Well, if we stay at level two and we can only have groups of like 100 people, oh, yeah. Stephen, they're thinking they can get 1,000 people here. They've got about 10 different pods, rooms and places they can yeah. put them. Uh, but they're waiting to make a decision next week at uh, Addington on whether they can open the doors. Obviously, the South Island at the moment is gloriously COVID-free. We hope that stays. Uh, it's a tricky time because on the good New Zealand Cup day season, they can have 24,000 yeah. people. Last year, they had 12. This year, it's not just a matter of how many people can come, but if you're going to be putting up marquees and ringing portaloos and calling yes. staff and getting the food, you need to have some assuredness around what's happening. So very tricky time for racing. Oh, Both yeah. Addington and Rickerton are holding their breath and saying, let's hope for the best, but it's very much a case of watch this space for the Great Cup Week, which brings this much money to Christchurch. Cup Week has been proven to economically, for the city of Christchurch, be worth two all-black tests. So the wow. amount of two all-black tests yeah. in the same week, that's why it's a big deal for people who drive Ubers, drive taxis, have restaurants, have bars, and all other sorts of things. We're hoping to get a crowd at Cup Week. We'll keep updating people, not just on this show, of course, but on all the SCNZ shows over the next couple of weeks, Stephen. Hey, just briefly, do you ever remember a horse called Lagavulin? Does that ring yeah, a bell? I do. I remember Lagavulin. I, I, I whipped that thing to a celebrity win back in the late 80s at a Cambridge celebrity race, 10-length winner. Hard to believe, Stephen. No, no, Seriously, you, I no, no, no kidding. I, I, I watched but, the video the other day of going through old stuff. I'm going, go boy. I was kind of poor thing. Uh, but I actually learned to, learned to um, try, uh, drive this thing. It was fantastic. Never won again, apparently. When you've, when you've been behind a harness horse at full speed, it's a remarkable oh, experience. It's it, like riding a motorbike with two pieces of string to keep it under control. It's, uh, it, pre- it, it's pretty awesome. It is it. one of those fascinating experiences. Got to fly, my friend. Thanks thanks so much for sharing again. Michael Gear and Harness Racing. Get amongst it. HRNZ.co.nz. Wrap up the show shortly. SNZ's morning. Hopefully, Staffy will come in and tell us what you can look forward to between midday and four this afternoon right here.